Hello, Gateway family. I'm so glad to be with you today as we kick off a mini series entitled As It Is. We're going to be talking about what the Gateway Church is all about, who we are as a community, and casting vision for the future. And this title is based on the phrase from the Lord's Prayer, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. So before we start, will you pray the Lord's Prayer with me? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, the phrase, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, speaks to the core of what we have said the Gateway Church is all about. In fact, the first thing you see on our website is we are a community following Jesus, joining God in the renewal of our city. Therefore, we pursue presence, formation, and renewal. These three pieces, presence, formation, and renewal, are the foundation on which we build this little community here in the heart of Des Moines, Iowa. But what do we mean by each of these things? Well, let's start with presence. When we say presence, we mean a couple of different things. We're talking about presence to God and presence to each other. God is always present. He is everywhere. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere all at once. So really, we can't go anywhere that he isn't. But while this is true, it's also true that we can sometimes feel far from him. The truth is he hasn't gone anywhere, but we have. So as believers, as a community, we actively seek to stay near to God, to, to stay in connection with him, to stay present with him. But presence also relates not just to God's omnipresence, but also his manifest presence. This is something Pastor Kyle will talk about more in the coming weeks. But in short, with this, we're talking about the Holy Spirit's choice to actively join in the works and worship of his people. And presence also means being present to each other. This means truly living as a community, knowing each other, spending time together, building relationships that draw us closer together and closer to the Father. Second is formation. We desire for each person in our community and as a community to be formed out of the image of the world and into the image of Jesus. Now, this process of formation doesn't always look the same, of course. It entails building out rhythms of life in partnership with God's Spirit. And formation is about our whole person, the emotional, physical, intellectual, spiritual, and social. It's about entering into prayer, into worship, whether that's singing or something else, the reading of His Word, the studying of His Word, and so many other things. Again, Pastor Kyle is going to elaborate more on this in a few weeks, but suffice to say, this is about walking in the way of Jesus for the renewal of our city. And that leaves us finally with renewal. As you have heard many of us say, we desire to join God in the renewal of all things so that it may be in Des Moines as it is in heaven. Now, 
God is already at work renewing the world. His kingdom is breaking in all across the earth, and we desire to see it break in here in our city. Now, the Bible Project, Tim Mackey, has done such an excellent job explaining this concept of heaven breaking in here on earth, and I highly recommend their series on the subject. But as they put it, we see throughout the Bible the theme of heaven and earth being brought back together. When Christ returns, this will be complete. We are able to interact with heaven right now in this very moment. Until the day comes when we die and go to heaven or Christ fully reunites heaven and earth, we as Christians should all be doing our part to make the bond between heaven and earth a little bit stronger. So as believers, renewal is part of our partnership with God. We get to join him in the renewal of all things. Each of us that has accepted Christ as Savior has the spirit of the living God living in us. We are each a temple to the Holy Spirit, and where we are physically in the world matters to God. We say in Des Moines as it is in heaven, but it could just as easily be in Denver as it is in heaven, or in Omaha as it is in heaven, or in Atlanta as it is in heaven, or wherever you are as it is in heaven. And you doesn't just mean you as an individual, it also means you all, or y'all, as my mama would say. Wherever followers of Jesus live, that is the place where they can actively join God in the renewal of all things, bringing heaven and earth back together. This idea of renewal, of seeing God's kingdom come and His will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, here in Des Moines as it is in heaven. It was a big part of why our family chose to come to Gateway about six years ago. We live on the east side of Des Moines. We have for more than 15 years now. And to make a longish story much shorter, we were attending a church in Ankeny for about nine years before we came to church here at Gateway. And we had family going to that church and we were very active in our church. But around that nine-year mark, God started showing my husband Josh and I that we needed to make a change. And as he has often done, God showed each of us separately. And then we had a conversation that revealed that God was showing us both the same thing, just in different ways. And that's happened multiple times in our 17 years of marriage. What it came down to was God wanted us somewhere closer to home in our own community. We don't live in Ankeny. We've never lived in Ankeny, and we've never been part of that community. So we started looking here in Des Moines. And when I tell you that I Googled best churches in Des Moines, you might think I'm kidding. I'm not. I did just that. And let me tell you, Gateway had a good thing going because they were the first church to pop up in my Google search. Now, that doesn't mean I stopped looking there. Um, It did catch our eye, though, and we ultimately decided to try it out. There are some other fun pieces of the story of how and why we came to Gateway, but I'll spare you for the moment. What I will tell you is that the concept of joining God in the renewal of all things and seeing God's kingdom come here in Des Moines as it is in heaven, it truly resonated with us. That idea of being involved in our community, serving Jesus in the heart of the city, that appealed to us and what we felt God was calling us to. Now, since then, Gateway has been through a lot. Some good, 
some bad, and some downright traumatic. But still, this community of believers meeting in the heart of the city survives. And I know that that is not an accident. God has a purpose for us. He has a place for us here in Des Moines, and He will use us for His glory and His good if we will only let Him. A question that Pastor Kyle has asked us before is one I think about often. What does it mean for us to be a community following Jesus? And what would it look like for us to live out our values in our community? I think about this in the context of our church as a whole, in the context of the different ministries our church is connected with, in the context of the different pieces of our Sunday morning services, context of our community groups, and of course, in the context of the kids in our community, this next generation being raised up in our midst. I am the Gateway Kids Director, so that seems like a no-duh, but I'm not excited about all this in the context of kids in the next generation because I'm the Gateway Kids Director. I'm the Gateway Kids Director because God has shown me the importance He puts on discipling and loving children and has given me a passion to see this lived out in the church, to see our community become an integrated, intergenerational community. To be a community of not just some younger adults, some older adults, some kids and babies that all meet in the same building one day a week, but to be a community of people brought together by Jesus, people who are no longer apart, segregated by age or race or gender or anything else, but instead people who have come together as a true community. So what can we do to move in that direction? toward being that integrated intergenerational community. Let's look at it from the perspective of our three main values, presence, formation, and renewal. First, presence. When we look to God's word, we see God's people pursuing his presence, and we are doing the same. Whether it's through word, body, art, prayer, music, we are seeking to create spaces where people can encounter Jesus. And we are seeking to be present to each other. I've called you all my family before, and I do it regularly. I think it's amazing how God is forming a group of what were once strangers into a family. And let's be real, though, this isn't always easy. It's like they say, you can't choose your family. But in this community, we choose to love and serve We bring what God has given us and use it to share with and serve one another. We are called to this as God's creation, His image bearers. And here's the thing. We don't have to hit a certain age before we become an image bearer of God. We are each made in the image of God, and we are part of His creation from the get-go. And we have to let our kids know that. We have to tell them, teach them that their presence matters to us because it matters to God. Gateway kids, you don't have to be a certain age or accomplish a certain thing first. You are an image bearer of the living God from the moment you were conceived. And don't misunderstand me. We're not talking about salvation here, but just being an image bearer of our Creator. Travel with me to Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 28. Jesus takes Peter, James, and John to a mountain to pray. 
And while they're there praying, they see Jesus transfigured. And they see Moses and Elijah with him. It says that Peter and the others were sleepy, but when they saw this, they were wide awake. And they hear a voice from heaven saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. Soon after this, though, down in verse 46, the disciples start arguing about who is the greatest. Doesn't seem like things have quite sunk in for them yet, does it? Anyway, what, Jesus, what is Jesus' response to this? Look with me at verse 47. But Jesus, knowing the reasoning of their hearts, took a child and put him by his side and said to them, whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you all is the one who is great. Jesus is placing two figures before his disciples, himself and a child. Now, this would have been a stark contrast for them. Jesus was their teacher, their rabbi, someone they greatly respected. But a child in that culture would have been someone that held very little value in their eyes. But he's telling them that greatness was not going to come the way they thought it would. It was going to come through things that would have been counterintuitive to them. Things like welcoming a child. Now, are you ready for something cool I learned about this passage? I know you are. The Greek phrasing Jesus uses here in this statement would have been part of what would have made it hard for the disciples to wrap their minds around. The Greek verb Jesus uses for welcome is dechomai, which often meant showing hospitality to guests. And because of that, it creates this connotation of servanthood. In their book, Sticky Faith, Authors Dr. Kara Powell and Dr. Chap Clark share research they did at the Fuller Youth Institute on what causes faith to really stick for kids as they move into adolescence and adulthood. And in their book, they shared this about the verbiage used here in this passage. They said Jesus was asking the disciples, who had just been arguing about their individual greatness, to show utmost humility by embracing the kids in their midst— According to Jesus, greatness emerges as adults welcome children. We, the community of the Gateway Church, we desire to be a community of hospitality, a community of people who humble themselves and honor one another, a community of self-giving love. And if we want to do all those things, it has to include the children. We are called to welcome children as Jesus did. His vision for intergenerational relationships was, as Drs. Powell and Clark put it, anything but cute. It was and is both radical and revolutionary. It isn't something that comes naturally to us, though, but instead it requires the supernatural to do it. Next, let's look at it from formation. Here at Gateway, we desire to be people that God is forming out of the image of the world and into the image of Jesus. We know that this happens as we live out our faith and community, as we grow in truth, share our lives, and pursue the way of Jesus for the renewal of the city. Scholar and author Dallas Willard said there are two questions that every church must ask. First, what is your plan for making disciples? And two, is it working? 
But what is a disciple exactly? Well, Willard helps us out again here with a definition. He said, a disciple is a person who has decided that the most important thing in their life is to learn how to do what Jesus said to do. A disciple is not a person who has things under control or knows a lot of things. Disciples simply are people who are constantly revising their affairs to carry through on their decision to follow Jesus. We are called by God to make disciples. And we have the next generation here before us. What are we doing to disciple them? As a mom, I can tell you that question, what are we going to do to disciple them, is something I ask myself all the time. How am I going to raise my kids to know and love Jesus? How am I going to teach them and show them what it's like to live a surrendered, cruciform life? But this isn't a question only for the parents to be asking. This is a question for every believer. What is God calling you to do to disciple others in your community? Here's a hint. It is not going to be the same for every person. We are the body of Christ. We hear illustrations like this all the time, but I think it's worth repeating until maybe it sinks in for us. We are not all eyes or arms or legs or toes. We are each a different part of the body, and that has purpose. It has meaning. Look with me at Romans 12, starting in verse 4. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. A body is made up of different parts and each has a different function, but all the parts of the body also function together. Some might think, I would get up and say, more kids programming, more kids stuff, more people to help with kids. The last one, I will always say, please, more volunteers, always. But what I won't say is that kids programming separate from adults is more important. In fact, I would say the opposite. And here's the thing. The research shows that when kids feel as if they're part of a whole community of believers, their faith is more likely to stick. Doctors Powell and Clark, who did that research at the Fuller Youth Institute, they shared so much information I found fascinating and helpful in their book, Sticky Faith. If anyone's interested, I would love to chat about it later, but for now I want to share with you from their research. And I want to share with you this. Over the last few decades, in an effort to offer relevant and developmentally appropriate teaching and fellowship for children and teenagers, we have segregated kids from the rest of the church. And research is showing that that segregation is causing kids to shelve their faith. An example that they gave in their book that made perfect sense to me, and many of you can probably relate to, is the idea of an adult's table and a kid's table at a large family gathering. 
You guys know what I'm talking about, right? The kids' table was you and your cousins, and then all the grown-ups were in a different spot. As they pointed out in their book, in theory, we have the same meal. But in reality, we have two very different experiences. And that sounds a lot like how adults and kids experience church today. Remember back when we said that formation happens as we live out our faith and community and we share our lives? That is far less likely to happen if we don't know each other. And it's far less likely to happen with the next generation, the kids, if we don't know the kids and the kids don't know us. We need to push those tables together, erase that divide, and not just that, but play a little musical chairs so we really mix it up. And please don't mishear me. I am not saying that we are no longer offering kids programming at Gateway, not a chance. Teaching kids at age-appropriate levels with intentionality is incredibly important. But what I am saying is it is not the most important or only important thing. Community plays a huge role in who a child grows up to be. And a community of faith plays a big role in whether a child chooses to cling to their faith or set it aside. Writer and professor Henry Nouwen, he wrote extensively on the spirituality of identity. And he said that every person is hounded by a single question throughout their lives. Who am I? And to him, the answer to that all-important question is the message of Jesus and the Bible. And I quite agree. Our kids are asking this question just as we do and did when we were their age, especially as they approach and walk through adolescence and young adulthood. They need to hear the truth from us, all of us that each of them is a beloved individual created and known by God himself. We all need to hear that we are each a beloved child of God. The research done by the Fuller Youth Institute, it found that who I seek to be has to be bigger than just me and my dreams. A rich and sustainable faith recognizes that as I walk into community with God's people, I ultimately discover who I am. Living in community, not just seeing each other on Sunday mornings, but spending time and investing in each other's lives is part of how we are formed into the image of Jesus. There is a difference between going to church and being the church. Listen to this description from the second chapter of Ephesians, starting in verse 18. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. We are meant to be built together, all of us, young, old, and in between, into a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. Each of us individually is a temple to the Holy Spirit, but it doesn't stop there. We are then to be formed into one body, the church. And as we are, we are then formed into that image of Jesus. Finally, let's look at renewal. 
We are not the end goal of God's desires. You aren't, and I'm not. As Pastor Kyle has pointed out, we are the conduit. That means our hope isn't just for people to attend church here with us, but for us to be the church. God invites us to bring the gifts that He has given us and give them away for His glory. He invites us to join Him in the renewal of all things so that it may be in Des Moines as it is in heaven. So let's look a little deeper at the word renewal. Merriam-Webster's definition, the act or process of renewing. Super helpful, right? Let's go to the root word instead, renew. It means to make like new, restore to freshness, vigor, or perfection. Oh yeah, that's the stuff. That's what we're looking for, right? We, each of us, we desire to be made like new, right? To be restored to perfection. And I wouldn't mind a little extra vigor either. It sounds nice, but it can also sound intimidating. Maybe a little overwhelming to consider because renewal doesn't come without discomfort, does it? If we are going to renew or renovate a home, for example, what's the first step? My fellow Fixer Upper fans know what happens on day one of a renovation, right? Demo day. Things have to be torn down before they can be fixed up. And now every time you see Chip and Joanna fix up a house, you'll be reminded of renewal. It's a similar process for each of us as individuals and for our community, our body of believers, the church. Jesus tells us to come and die. Then we can be made new. Now, please hear this. We are not going to be unmade and remade from scratch. We aren't going to be obliterated and then God starts over. Our personality, our uniqueness, they are part of how God created us and he will not take that away. It's the same with us as it is with the earth. It won't be wiped out, burned up. It will be made new, renewed, and so will each of us. From the moment we lay down our life and pick up our cross and start following Jesus, we are being made new. But He will not take our life from us and renew it. He won't force us to do it. We have to surrender it to Him. And as each of us is being renewed individually, we will then enter into the community of believers and be part of the renewal happening in the body in the place where the body resides. For us, Des Moines. And do you have to be a certain age before you can start being part of joining God in the renewal of all things? You guys know the answer. My gateway kids know the answer. No, no you don't. Part of showing our kids, our next generation, what it means to know and love Jesus, what it means to live a surrendered, cruciform life, part of discipling them is to take them with us along the way to include them in the work we are doing on the behalf of God and let them see what it looks like to be a disciple trying to follow Jesus. Whatever it is that we're doing, whether it's joining us in a route at Joppa or gathering things to donate and helping us to deliver them, making a meal and delivering it, even just talking to our neighbors or smiling at someone and showing kindness, The possibilities are really endless. And kids, if you have an idea for something you want to do to help show someone kindness or love, 
tell your parents about it. Tell the adults in your life and ask them if you can do it together. Whatever it is, whatever it is that we might be doing to serve others in our church or in our city, let's take the kids with us. Don't just tell them about it. Let them experience it with us. Let's let them join us as we join God in the renewal of all things. It seems like three simple little words, presence, formation, renewal, but there's so much packed into those words. And this isn't a checklist that we can work our way down. These things are all happening at the same time. And it's not one, then the next, then the next. It's all at once, and it's a process. There's a quote from pastor and theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer that I've been thinking about a lot lately. It comes from his book, Life Together, which is about Christian community. He said, the person who loves their dream of community will destroy community. But the person who loves those around him will create community. I do have a dream for our community. And I believe it's a dream and vision from God on what he desires for our body to look like here in Des Moines. We probably each have a vision a dream for our community, and they likely all look a little bit different. But I don't want to love that dream more than I love the people in my community. And I know by loving and serving each other, young, old, and in between, we will create community. And not only create a community, but create a community that loves and serves Jesus right here where God has put us. And we will see heaven breaking through here in Des Moines. I believe that. We are the Gateway Church. We desire to be present to God and present to each other. We desire to be formed into the image of Jesus. We desire to join God in the renewal of all things. We desire to see God's kingdom come, His will be done, here in Des Moines as it is in heaven. And we desire, I hope, to be an integrated, intergenerational community doing all those things for the glory of God. Would you join me again in praying the Lord's Prayer? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.